Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 to 23. It goes like this. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. That's kind of an uplifting scripture for the day, huh? Feeling pretty excited about that. <laughs> it can be harsh sometimes, Scripture, and we're going to get into it just a little bit, hopefully give you a couple challenges at the end. And uh, yeah, it, when I was going over this Scripture, um, it, it can be concerning. It can be very concerning. The words are very strong. The words of Jesus are very strong. But a personal relationship with Jesus is more than just a hobby. And last week we talked about that, how important a personal relationship was. It's not something we keep to ourselves. It's more than just a hobby. It's a lifestyle. That's a popular term nowadays. And um, Do you try to fit Jesus into a part of your life? Um, or has your whole life been transformed by knowing Jesus? I think today there's a lot of distractions in our world that can get us a little bit um, unfocused on why we're here and what we're to do. Um, our society wants us to think about me first, me first, me first. And I don't blame all of society, just in general. It's a, it's a you know, how am I doing uh, uh, compared to others? But if you want to be good at something, you have to practice it consistently. And we've talked about that before, how you, you do it consistently, you do it uh, frequently, um, we've talked about different um, athletes, whether it be you know the Steve Nashes, the Larry Birds, the Wayne Gretzky's, the the uh, uh, Sidney Crosby's. But one particular person who you might be aware of is is um, Michael Phelps, and his coach said that that kid didn't miss a practice from age 11 to 16, and he even practiced on Christmas morning, which I would say no to Christmas morning. No, don't do that. But he did. It was a part of his lifestyle. And, and this, for successful people like Michael Phelps, swimming was not a hobby for him. And actually, they did a lot of research, and they said his body was actually made specifically for swimming, the way he was and how he, his length and all that. He was a very, very naturally a great swimmer. But it was his lifestyle. It's something he ate. He, he breathed it. He, he just was submerged in it completely. Now, one thing that pastors do that can be kind of tricky, we say a lot of things up here, and sometimes you can take it wrong, but we'll, we'll say things to our congregations like, Jesus doesn't want you to be religious. Now, I've said that many a times, don't be religious, um, but he wants you to have a personal relationship with him, and that's very true. Um, but an unintended consequence of that is that people can misinterpret that statement and think that their relationship with Jesus should stay personal and they should keep it to themselves. And that's not what that means. A personal relationship with Jesus means that you know him and you are known by him. It doesn't mean that he's an interesting fact that you've acquired in your life and you you know, implement his teachings every now and then. And it definitely doesn't mean that you follow Jesus as a personal hobby, like building a model or doing a puzzle. 
A hobby is something that someone pursues because they want to relax. They, it, 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 it just gives them um, a quiet time, and they're just taking that time for them. Uh, outside of their profession, outside of other things, you want to get away from stuff. Some people are into cars, like hot rods. Some people hunt. Some people just these these hobbies that people do. But the danger of being too personal uh, in your relationship with Jesus that can be turned into a hobby. Uh, there are a lot of weird hobbies out there. Um, there's one Australian person. Now this is out of a, an article uh, about some of the weirdest hobbies people have, and there's one person. <laughs> it kind of disgusts me, but he collects belly button lint. Yeah, I know. <laughs> to the point of where he has 22.1 grams of this stuff. <laughs> uh, yeah, there are other hobbies like collecting, uh, you know, the, the, air, the air sick bags from different airlines. Hopefully not full, but they, they collect those. Uh, there are, e there are even um, websites where people can trade and buy different um, bags of these airline bags to grow their collection. I, who would have thought you want a puke bag as a, as a hobby thing? But hey, whatever. Fill your boots. But hobbies are more than just collecting things. You can, you can also take up a hobby of extreme, you know, <laughs> of extreme ironing. <laughs> and you're like, what? Extreme ironing? When I first got married, Michelle said to me, there's two things you need to know, is I'm not your mother, and I don't iron. <laughs> so you're not going to do this hobby, I know it. Um, but they will go into extreme environments and iron, so they'll m climb a mountain <laughs> and iron. This, this is true, it, it, it's called 23 Unusual, Strange, and Weird Hobbies. It was out in October of 2021, so this is legit. This, people do this stuff. Uh, there's even a world championship for this extreme ironing. <laughs> I, I don't know, maybe... I, I, don't even, I don't even understand it. I don't get it. But those are hobbies. Those are things people enjoy doing. It's just something fun. No matter what weird list you have or can find or weird hobby that's out there, you won't find being a Christian or a follower of Jesus as one of them. It's not, in, it's, not, it's not a hobby, although sometimes people can treat it like that. It's not on the list, and that's because he's not a hobby. This, this life that we live for Jesus is not a hobby. And toward the end of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus delivered some strong words that I just read. Now let me read them again for you. Matthew 7, 21-23. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. And those are intense, strong words. And these words, when they're broken down, a few things become very clear. They are delivered to believers, people inside the faith. They're delivered to us. And it's important we recognize that. The people address Jesus as Lord, that's in verse 21, and do things in his name, verse 22. 
Yet despite this surface appearance of being followers of Jesus, Jesus says that he will tell them, I never knew you. When we go to verse 23. Now how is this possible? It's important to remember that there are many people who can come to church and even be involved but do not actually believe in Jesus. They don't have a personal relationship with Jesus. Instead, it is just a hobby. And you know it's a hobby by prayer life, devotional life. If you are not in the Word at some point every day, if you are not having communication with Jesus at some point every day, it's a hobby. It's something you think is cute. It's nice. I go to church. Maybe I help out a little bit. But, you know, whatever. So a lot of people come to church for different reasons. They come to church because they like the music. They come to church because they like the social element of it. Although that seems to have thinned out because of COVID and a lot of social stuff happening anymore. And people are very concerned about how the church will survive after COVID. Uh, all the leadership articles and books and magazines and blogs and speakers that talk about it are very concerned because the social element has been kind of taken away over COVID and some people have gotten used to just watching church online. Well, I'm here to say that I'm all for church online if you can't get out, if you're away. I think it's a great access. I think it's good to, to go back and, and, and watch it. Maybe there's a message or song or whatever it is in there that you want to see again. I think it's valid. I think it's important. And, and, and it, 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 COVID has kind of pushed us to have to go that way, which we were going to go anyways, but it just sped things up. But there are a lot of people that, that, that may say, well, I'm just going to watch it online. I'm here to tell you that that's fine if you can't get out, if you don't, if you can't, if you have, you know, there's mobility issues, if there's whatever, distance issues, whatever it is, right? But that's not going to be a healthy long-term fix for our spiritual lives. We need to be in community. Community has to happen. Most, and I would say 99.9% .9 of most people, want to be in a community of some type. Different personalities may, may, may be bigger or may be quieter in that community, but in the end, we all need community. It doesn't matter where you're from. You need it. You may not want it, depending on your mood, your background, your history, things that have happened in your life, but you need it. We all need community. And we need to have a safe environment, a safe community where people can discuss things and be built up instead of torn down. The problem is nowadays, there's a mindset. If you don't agree with me, then you must hate me. And that's where we run into a problem. This is where our society, because of social media and all the other nonsense out there, they have created this, if you disagree, then you don't like me or you hate me. And that's not accurate. There are lots of people that are in my life, outside of the church, that do not agree with my belief system. Some have even said to me, you are everything that I'm against, but I like you. That's okay. I like you. <laughs> We're good. We don't have to agree on everything. We can be in the same church and not agree on everything. 
There are secondary issues, first of all, theologically, that you don't have to agree with me on, and I don't have to agree with you on. Those are secondary theological issues. But there are primary ones that we all kind of have to come together, right? We have, you know, Jesus, Son of God, died, rose for our sin, blood. Pretty, that's the basics, right? The basic fundamentals of Christianity. Everything else on top of that, we can work out. Because a lot of theology is taking what we have here and trying to make it into something that we understand, that the masses understand. Why do you think there's so many different interpretations and so many different church organizations, whether you're Mennonite, Baptist, Pentecostal, EV free, you know, go down the line? Because they all have different takes on things. And then those people gather together because they all kind of agree on the same theology, the same belief system. And that's okay. But you don't believe in everything. Like, I, I don't believe in everything that the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada puts forward. You're like, whoa, wait a minute. Well, take my credentials. What are you going to do? Anyway, the point is, I just don't 100% agree. Do I think maybe they could be onto something or maybe they're a little off? Yeah, yeah. But it's not the end of the world if I disagree. I don't, I'm not strong on like, you're, you know, this whole denomination, this whole is going straight to hell in a handbasket. No. But there are things I just don't fully 100% agree. And that's okay. I'm credentialed with them. I'm not going to run around spewing all sorts of nonsense. But there are things I'm like, we should look at that again. Things have evolved in the last 100 years. Maybe let's take a look at that. We can. We can do that. And that's okay. But we don't always have to agree on everything. But we do come to church And there's a reason for it. And we need that community. It's not a hobby. It's a life-altering relationship in the end. And one thing that a personal relationship with Jesus brings is is this community I'm talking about. But along with that, so it, it, it comes with community, but then it also comes with accountability. And that's something we have a hard time with nowadays. Do you have anyone in your life that holds you accountable? Don't put your hand up. Don't nudge the person next to you. Hey. But do you have somebody in your life that holds you accountable within this community? It's tough. Community and accountability go hand in hand. Because in a community, if we're not accountable to each other, then that community will break down. That's, that's what happens. Now, can you be um, accountable to everyone? No. There are people that you don't want to be accountable to. You want other people. What do they need to have? They need to have your best interest in mind, and they need to know Jesus, first of all. That's the most important thing. But they also have to have your best interest in mind, the concern for you. This isn't a call you out. This isn't an attack. This isn't that kind of stuff. It's an accountability. It's a relationship of, hey, do you think that's the best way to respond? Hey, could you have done something different in that way? It's not a, you're a horrible person and you should stop doing that. That's not accountability. That's attacking. And we all know, well, except for a lot of protesters, we all know that yelling at people and getting angry with people doesn't draw them to Jesus. Correct? It also doesn't draw you to a protest, but that's a whole other thing I can go off on. And I won't today. The thing is, we need to be accountable. We need to be accountable to each other, and within that community, we need to help others be accountable. 
Now, being in a personal relationship with Jesus means you are in a personal relationship with the body of Christ. We've talked about the body of Christ. You've seen it in Scripture. You've heard it. But the body of Christ is the church. And if we're in a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, then it naturally flows out of the body, which is all of us, or all part of the body of Christ, we are accountable to each other. Now again, not every single person, you need to bring people in your life that will help you in a positive way, because there are those that you know, maybe don't have the right temperament to be someone who's like a mentor or to be someone that you could confide in. You need to find that person, but they are here. There are people here, and we should be trustworthy. We should be trustworthy to handle those things. You need to be comfortable with the uncomfortable decision of opening up your life to others and letting them, and here's the key word, lovingly speak into your life while you do the same to them. While you do the same to them. A good example of this is Peter and Jesus. Peter and Jesus. Peter was not afraid to say anything. He was, he was a fisherman. He was, he was kind of like a fireman, not afraid to say anything, just bleh, spew it right out of the mouth. There's stuff that's said on the fire ground <laughs> that if you were a sensitive type, you would be completely offended. People yelling at each other because it's chaos. It's organized chaos, but it's chaos. You can't get offended by that. But Peter was the type of person that could say anything, and Jesus knew his heart. But also, Jesus wasn't afraid to tell Peter that what he was thinking was wrong. And in Matthew chapter 16, verses 22-23, it says, Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. This is Jesus. He said, never, Lord, he said, this shall never happen to you. And Jesus turned to Peter and said, get behind me, Satan. Now, that's, that's pretty strong. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. This is Peter and Jesus hanging out. Jesus tells him, hey, this is what's going to happen. And Peter goes, no, I refuse to allow this to happen. You're wrong. And Jesus goes, take a back seat. This is what has to happen. And he wasn't afraid to tell him. Now, again, what are the tones? How was it? But Jesus was firm. Peter was firm, but Jesus was firm. Do you have this type of relationship in the body of Christ where you can talk to somebody and they will tell you the truth? Now, I'm assuming Jesus did this in love because he usually did. But he was firm. And there are some things you need to be firm on. So do you have this type of relationship in your life or are you unknown by the body of Christ and don't really know them either you don't know each other either that's the whole point of having social events to get to know each other that's the whole point of it in a community to build see the building blocks of this a relationship with Jesus a relationship in the body of Christ with the body of Christ with people who you're accountable to and they're accountable to you where you socialize, where you serve together, where you work together. 
and are lifted. Scripture talks about edification. It talks about building up, not tearing down. But we're sensitive people. We have a hard time listening to someone or at least hearing. There's a difference between listening and hearing. Listening is, I'll do whatever you told me to do. Hearing them is understanding what they're saying and why. Listening, anyone can listen. Now, there is active, there is passive, there's all that kind of listening. But, but hearing somebody and understanding fully what is going on, what is happening, that's a whole other thing. So do you have that type of relationship, and are you that type of person? Because following Jesus is a lifestyle. And like Olympic athletes, there is something that requires, this is something that requires dedication. It requires turning off the TV and looking into Scripture and having that time with Jesus. If you pursue Jesus the way an Olympic athlete pursues a gold medal, I promise you it'll be fulfilling. But it won't be private. It can't be private. It can't be private. So today there are two things I want to challenge you to do. The first one is analyze your relationship with God. Analyze it right now. Where are you at? Where are you at? Are you allowing the things on social media, on the news, the events of the world, COVID, all that, are you allowing those things to get in the way with your relationship with God and with others? I'll tell you right now, we've had a lot of issues when COVID, as COVID has gone along with people not agreeing with things and disagreeing with how the church has handled stuff and, and, and all these other conspiracy theories of 5G getting injected in India and all this other kind of nanotechnology nonsense. And, and, and there's been people who have been passionate and angry but won't listen, but won't hear what's being said. They're just frustrated and angry with this thing because we feel like things are being forced upon us. And it can feel that way. And there's a lot of disconnect in the world right now with, hey, do this and do that. You know, there's been some funny, funny little reels on, on uh, social media that are like, so... If you're sick, you stay home, but if your symptoms are, you know, less, then you can come, but only after five days. But then if someone in your house has COVID, you don't have to stay home because if you don't test positive, then you're fine. <laughs> and you're like, so do I stay home? I, do I go to work? I, what do I do? Do I? And they're just like, you know, and if you did do that, if you did stay home, you have to isolate, but you don't have to isolate. They have to isolate. It's just confusing. I don't know where to begin. And, and there is a lot of that. And it is frustrating because things are changing rapidly, right? And people don't like change. One thing they will teach you, if you take any leadership course anywhere, they will say, people hate change. They don't like it. It upsets them. Do you remember... A few years ago, probably, well, way longer than that, we changed the bulletin. Yeah. So we had this bulletin, this one we'd hand out every Sunday, right? Which is great. And it was laid out a certain way. We decided to change the layout a little bit. Well, that is a catastrophe of faith when the bulletin changes. 
So I knew we would have this kickback, but we changed it. And we got kickback. And that's fine, because change, people don't like change. I know, I know. You don't like change, I get it. A little while later, like a year or two later, we decided to change it again. <laughs> people flipped out over the bulletin that they had already flipped out over a few years prior that they didn't like. And then we changed it again, and they didn't want the bulletin to change. <laughs> but it already did. It did two years ago. That is the perfect example of how we don't like change. And that's not a judgment on you if you didn't like it. You didn't like it. That is one of those things that in the end, we can agree to disagree. It doesn't matter. If, if you didn't like it, I hear you, I understand. We still changed it. I was expecting a little bit of kickback because we don't have bulletins anymore. But you can get it all from the cue reader in front of you. You just point your phone at it. Now, there's an online bulletin as well, and that's the way she goes. But we don't like change. But we did change. We changed a lot. You changed a lot in the last two years. So guess what? You don't like it, but you can do it. You can change. You can be different. A lot of times I hear people say, well, you know, I would spend more time in, in Scripture, but I just don't have time. I can't do it. No, no, that's not true. You have time. I bet you if I wandered around with you during the day, I could find time where you could get into the Word. You could pray. You could say a word. You could serve at the kitchen, Cloverdale Kitchen. You could go on a walk, raise money for that. You could help out with the lunch program downstairs. You choose not to. That's it. No judgment. I'm just saying everyone can change. Everyone can make time. Anyone can do anything they want to do. Just like when you do a hobby. You like doing it. But sometimes Scripture says something like this. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Well, I don't like that. Right? And to be honest with you, I don't like it. But Jesus said it, so therefore I'm going to pay attention to it. And I'm going to make sure I do anything I can to not be one of those people where he says, I don't know you. That's the importance of this relationship. So analyze yourself, check yourself, check the time. Can't, do you have time? Which you do, you do. You just have to prioritize and decide, is it important? Is this a hobby? Is coming to church, is going to church, is being a Christian a hobby, or is it a lifestyle? You decide. It's up to you. I can't make it for you. You have to make that decision. So analyze your relationship with Jesus. Decide. Secondly, in a safe and healthy way, find someone or people you can trust and have, that have your best interest in mind. They care about you and are willing to say the truth to you in love. Find them. Find them. How do you find them? You're like, well, there's not a lot of social stuff. Well, right now it might be a little more difficult, but you know what? Life groups are going to start kicking back up again. Things are going to, you know, all of them are going to start happening. So there's, there's an opportunity. There's an opportunity for you 
to change the way you think and to actively pursue this lifestyle instead of going, well, I paid my dues, I went to church, I served a little bit, and then I went home. No, it's more than that. If Michael Phelps will go every day to swim for a gold medal and basically in the end for a bunch of cash, how much more important is our eternal life when it comes to our relationship with Jesus? So something to think about this week. Analyze your own relationship and find people you can trust, you can find and that have your best interests in mind. And they can talk to you about the important things. Not everybody's going to be that person, but there is somebody out there for you. They do, they, there's a big thing um, in the past, I don't know, five years, ten years of, of mentorship. But I mean, Scripture's been talking about this forever. Been talking how the older people pass down to the, the younger people what they know, and they pour into their lives, and they edify them and build them up instead of tearing them down. These are all very important things that we need to do, not just say, oh, that's a great thought, it's a good idea. No, we need to do it. We need to do it from this point forward. And I'll tell you that when we do this, these other issues will be secondary. Because ultimately, we know God has everything under control. Ultimately, He does. So, let's worry about our relationship with Him. And these other things won't surprise us so much. The way the world is going does not and should not surprise anybody in this room. It shouldn't surprise you. Because history, as long as we don't cancel it and erase it, will tell us what happens and how people react. So let's learn from it. And let's not make the same mistakes we did in the past. And that can be applied to our personal life and our personal relationship with Jesus. Let's not make the same mistakes we've made in the past in our relationship with God and in the community that we live in as Christians and and serve with. Let's not make the same mistakes we did before. Let's move forward. Let's remember what we did and move forward. So those are the two challenges I want for you. Analyze your relationship. Is it a hobby or is it a lifestyle? And Get involved and find people. So there are ways you can do that. You can serve. You can do the the walk for the coldest night of the year. You can serve at the kitchen. You can serve on the lunch program. There's many things you can do, even in this time with COVID. And as we start moving towards the summer, things will start to release a little bit. Um, And then hopefully, you know, it'll stay that way and it'll start to move in a better direction than it has been. But there are opportunities, even now, to serve, to help, to be involved with each other, in a community, and making this a lifestyle and not just a hobby. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for everyone here. I pray that as we go forward, as we go out these doors, that we will analyze our heart, where we are at with you, and our relationship with you, and where we're willing to serve, and that we are willing to pour into other people for their betterment, not for our ego or anything else, but for their betterment? And are we willing to do the same for them as they are for us? Help us as we go forward, as we go through our week. Let us always be thinking about how we can be uh, serving you better 
as well as serving others. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. God bless you. I hope you have a great week. We're going to see you next week.